Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Uh, Tony Dudzik, pick Guardian. Jared Brandon, Brandon Wound, pickups. Hey, everybody, it's me, Todd Novak. Welcome to the Guitar Knobs podcast. We are thrilled to death that you are listening to our show with us right now, wherever you are. Feel like we're there. Just feel it, man. Uh, yep. On the line, we've got somebody really special tonight. Uh, who is you, Mr. Special? It's the mystery guest. I'm Sully. Yay! Sully of <laughs> Sully Guitars. Uh, we're really happy you're joining us tonight. Uh, we've heard great things about you. We've seen great things about your guitars. And uh, you have no shortage of people who seem to love them. So uh, this should be for a lot of fun. Well, that's no, very, that is very nice. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> now you're not the guy that landed the plane on the Hudson river. Are you? I am. Yes. Ah, <laughs> and you make guitars. That's really cool. Yeah. Right. Yes. And I'm also like 400 guys in Boston. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yet I'm not in Boston. Right. It's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Oh uh, boy. Uh, although okay, thanks, uh, more than a feeling was really great. You did a great <laughs> yeah. job with that. Thank you. Uh, whoa, boy. We're off to a really hot start, everybody. Hey, we go. Mr. Baloney, what do we do on the show, yes. buddy? Well, we like to talk about gear and we like to talk to makers of gear. And I think specifically boutique gear. And that would be stuff like Oh, guitars and amps and pedals and oh my! Oh, all the all the good stuff. Accessories. We've had some good stuff, and we do the occasional one hundred and one that is perhaps Jared's most favorite type of podcast. Probably. Why, Jared? Because you get to learn things that you th just didn't know before. Yeah, and you right. get to find out new stuff. You're like, oh, I thought it was this way, but it's really the other way. Yeah. Because usually we talk to an expert in that field. Yeah. yeah. We, we have a good one coming up, actually, uh, real soon. Let's do it. Yep. Yeah, very excited about that. I like uh, that. Can't wait to meet him. Yeah, well, you have met him. He's a returning guest. So that yes. I'll just leave that there. Uh, hey, everybody, we are going to have a great time, and we're going to learn a lot of things about Sully, and we're going to have some fun. Uh, we got a couple things to announce really quick. Number one, you need to go to uh, Instagram right now, I would suggest that's, you know, where it's the most color. That's the land of beautiful pictures and go to, where, where can they go to see your stuff, Sully? Oh gosh. Um, if only there were a place, uh, sullyguitars.com, uh, Instagram at Sully guitars, Facebook at Sully guitars. Um, you can see them in person at a few dealers. Uh, yeah, that's, that's also fun. Oh, at the Guitar Sanctuary in McKinney, Texas, which is delightful. Also, Lark Guitars in San Antonio. Uh, you know, we're always always adding, and and uh, we've just brought on a new uh, dealer in uh, Massachusetts, the Guitar Paddle Shop, and uh, so that's that's good. Cool. So, you know, a, a lot of places. Awesome. My mom's house might be one or two. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Um, great. Now, so while you're listening, uh, why don't you just uh, pull that up maybe on Instagram and check out some of the beautiful uh, guitars that this fella makes. Um, yeah. In the meantime, we got a couple of announcements. Uh, we need to thank Road. Road Mics for providing our Roadcaster Pro, this amazing device that is capturing our podcast week after week after week after week. I'll stop there. And also the Procaster Mics. Uh, 
This is these are our little babies, and we are grateful to Road for providing these to us and for being just generally awesome um, people. Like we actually have people that we talk to that regularly. The Nicks, yes. the two Nicks, Nick and Nick, Nick and Nick. So uh, hi, Nick and Nick. Uh, hopefully, we get to meet you guys someday. Even though you're on the literally the bottom of the world on the other side, but uh, maybe someday. Well, that could be a legitimate tax write-off, you know. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> sure. Uh, not on my diamonds, not. <laughs> uh, anyhow, um, so wanted to give a big thanks to them for that. I also wanted to share something. Um, I got a, uh, you know, we always ask, hey, people send us your mails and your thoughts and tell us what's going on. And we got a message from a fellow named Brad Fowler. And he says, uh, f- hey, knobs, first of all, I don't have a four on the floor. I'm a straight up beginner. OK, cool. Yeah. He said, uh, long story short, and I've had to edit this down just a little bit, just, you know, to make it compact here. He says, long story short, I was a successful professional trumpet player and brass repair tech and customizer. Didn't even know cool. you could customize his trumpets, but apparently he did that. Oh, yeah. Uh, And then he said, and then COVID and poof, no more of that. (laughs) Okay. Well, that's a bummer. Uh, I said, so uh, I got on, uh, I got on other work as one does, but I really missed playing music. I've always loved me a Les Paul. So I got an Epiphone Standard Pro. It's beautiful. And a Katana 50 MK2. I totally suck. <laughs> I, hey, we all got to start somewhere. Nobody, you know, very few people, I won't say nobody, very few people start out being awesome. Um, Tony might be one of those people. Um, oh, no. Oh, yes. Um, he says, uh, I'm getting better, but wa- but waiting for my technique to catch up with my musical ability, says parentheses, fingers tapping. Uh, anyway, you guys have been helping me get, uh, help me, helping me keep sane and inspire me to practice this thing every day. I'm hoping someday I can become a Fez wearing executive producer. Hey, we do too. <laughs> uh, well, stay cool. Best to all of you and you and your important ones. And thank you one more time for the inspiratainment or the inspiration. So yeah, he likes this ridiculous stuff like us. Uh, thanks again, Brad Fowler. Thank you, Brad Fowler for sending that in and uh, reminding us that, uh, yeah, it's everybody starts somewhere. And if you get bored, start back at the beginning, you'll probably get better. You know what I mean? I know what you I, mean. I guess. I guess. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Sully, would, is that, uh, you know, have you ever gone back to the start and just said, hey, I got to redo my my uh, my beginning lick stuff? Uh, you know, yeah, there have been sometimes um, there. There have been points in my life when there's always like these certain solos that like you, you kind of learn about 70% of the way and then you kind of fake the rest of it because maybe that's a little too hard for you to imagine right now or, or, you know, you can't quite get it down. So you just kind of slop through it. So yeah, I have, you know, gone back, um, usually with like Randy Rhodes stuff, I'll, I'll break things down measure by measure and then just get real insane about it. Right. Yeah. Right. I liked how you started going back to the beginning with Randy Rhodes. Nice one. <laughs> Randy, is my, yeah. Randy, Randy is my favorite guitar player ever. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, he's 
He's uh, also probably the reason why I, he's the reason that I wanted to get good at playing guitar. He wasn't the reason why I started playing. Um, it inspired me to get good. And also his guitars were a very big inspiration for me in being a guitar builder. Oh yeah. They're, I yeah. mean, he always had a, yeah. it's the coolest looking stuff, man. Yes. Agreed. Um, Agreed. Well, cool. Let's see. We already yeah. learned something about Mr. Sully. Hey. Everybody look at that. That's all you get. Did, I'm just kidding. Did you have a, uh, one? What was your favorite model of his? Um, yeah, it's the the white prototype um, Jackson Rhodes with the pinstripes. Right. With that. That's yeah. the offset V. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Super um, cool. That is that is my absolute favorite guitar on the planet. If I had a million bajillion dollars and that guitar was for sale for a million bajillion dollars, I would give it to whoever had that happily. Oh, I wow. have a buddy. I have a buddy that has one that's. It's not American made, but I believe it's. I want to say it's either Korean or Japan. It's probably Scottish. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> it, there's no plaid on it, but it's. Uh, it's got the. It's got those pinstripes, and it's an offset V, and it is a Jackson. Yeah, and it's but, white. Yeah, it's not the USA, but yeah, that's yeah. white. It's got the gold hardware. That's a. Yeah. That's a Randy Rose model. Yeah, they do. Yeah. They do the pinstripes on a few different. Um, I'm a bit of a Jackson. Like, yeah, I'm I'm a Jackson screw counter. Yeah, yeah, huge, huge, huge. Yeah, very, very cool. cool. Yeah, right on. So there's that, everybody. Um, we're gonna get into what's going on in our music world this week. Uh, we're gonna just learn a little tiny bit about each of our musical uh, endeavors this week. We're gonna start off with Tony and then uh, check in with Sully. Okay, that sounds good. Are you going to ask me what's going on in my What's going world? on in your musical world this week, you big <laughs> piece of meat? Thank you. <laughs> uh, well, okay. let's see. Um, I guess this is a good one. Um, I, I picked up a, a really cool book called Guitar Family Trees, The History of the World's Most Iconic Guitars. Ooh. And, yeah, it's, a, you know, half-price books, probably my favorite place. Oh, yeah. Um. But what's really cool about this, it goes, you know, most of the major brands are represented and it's got these like fold out sections. Like Fender has this page that opens up and it turns into this giant poster of, you know, the, from the, the beginning models. Actually, the, on the Fender one, they actually start with the, uh, the Bigsby Merle Travis guitar as the inspiration for, uh, for the uh, broadcaster. Mm -hmm. And then... You know, it's just like like a chart basically has pictures of all the guitars and it's really it's 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 I'm going to I have to check it for accuracy, of course, but um, it looks really well thought out. And I, I particularly like that. My only critique about it is if you open those fold out sections enough, they start to get a little bit uh, flimsy. Yeah. And Terry. Yeah. And uh, but but other than that, it's a very cool book. And I just, you know. I like me some guitar books. Yeah. Now, is the Fender section stapled and the uh, Gibson section uh, glued? <laughs> <laughs> no, they use bolts <laughs> in the Fender so section. Dumb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, boy. I liked it. It was clever. Oh, thank I you, like Jared. It. I appreciate that. One point. Full point. Clever. Begin. Clever yep. girl. <laughs> yep. uh, Sully, how about yourself? Uh, musically? Well, uh, I've actually spent the past couple of days listening to a record uh, by a lady named Jay Som. 
Um, it's J J A Y and last name is spelled S O M. And it's, you know, it's just kind of quiet. It's just nice. Um, you know, there's a, there's a scene in, in the movie high fidelity where they're, the guys are, are opening up the record store. And this was very relatable because I mm-hmm. worked in a bunch of record stores and they've just got, uh, they're listening to Bell and Sebastian and it's really quiet and it's just kind of nice. And it's, and then, you know, Jack Black comes busting in with Katrina and the waves and, and <laughs> just kind of disrupting everything. And, and he's just like, I just want to hear something I can ignore. And now that's not why I like this. I, I'm not, ignoring it but it's very quiet it kind of gives me that same um feeling in that it's good calming kind of good music to like you know sand to because i do a lot of that um i've been listening to a lot like her her record a couple times um today and then uh night dreamers ep i really enjoy oh yeah and 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 jeff sent me a, a song um that i don't think has been released yet uh that uh that he he recorded uh, with going back to Randy with with a uh, with a Sully Concord and it's it's really fun and cool um, yeah 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 and uh, then and then I've also been listening to uh, a band called Bones UK um, and that's like my favorite record of the past I don't know it's been out for a year so it's there um, do you listen to that Jeff Beck record um, called Loud Hailer? I am not familiar with that one. Okay, well. It's not like uh, Jeff Beck being out there and, you know, kind of, you know, some, some, some people love Jeff Beck. I love Jeff Beck. Some people don't necessarily appreciate him. But um, Jeff did this record with, uh, with, with uh, Rosie and Carmen, uh, who are in Bones UK. And it's kind of like if you could imagine Jeff Beck doing a, a Rage Against the Machine album. Wow. It's, it's great. It came out in 2016. I cannot recommend it enough. Um, check it out. It's really good. It's called Loud Hailer. And so it's those two ladies who did that record with him and then they toured with him. Uh, and so Bones UK is their band and uh, it's gritty. It's great rock. It's it's futuristic. It's it's really, 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 really good. My cool. highlight of my highlight of Nam was seeing them play at the Korg booth. It was it was so much fun. Wow. Right on. That's quite an yeah. endorsement. I think we're, yeah, I, they're going to see a spike in their Spotify numbers and make uh, $5. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, cool. Well, that's cool. That's mighty fine. Uh, Jared, how about yep. yourself? Uh, it's been a, a really good week. It's a very good learning week. Um, so there's another pickup winder out in Washington. His name is Wolf McLeod. And we've all met him at NAM. You guys have met him. Mm-hmm. And uh, he is—he's really good at figuring out uh, winders with you know little computer programs and all that kind of thing. I—I'm really good at the mechanical operated winders, and he's pretty good at both. So I—I I begged him for about a year to come out. I've—I don't remember how long I've had this machine, maybe two or three years, but it's—it's it's done nothing but sat and collect dust. So I, he finally came out. I got him to come out, and uh, he's been here all week. And uh, now I feel confident and trained on on my new on my machine uh, because of Wolf. Um, he makes really really great pickups. Right. They're they're uh, they're put together meticulously. Uh, the way they're wound, and he's very very meticulous and nitpicky about his product. 
uh, which is a very good quality to have. They're extremely consistent. Uh, mm. So check out Wolf Tone. Yes. Um, and you sure he wasn't a character on the Rockford Files, right? <laughs> he was not on the Rockford Files. No. <laughs> <laughs> does, he make, right. does he make uh, new pickups that look old and old pickups nope. that look new? Yeah, oh, actually. Only does. Jared does that. <laughs> no, no, he does. He does. He's got some good aging techniques, too. Nice. So, yeah. So check out Wolf Tone if, if you don't want to buy mine. <laughs> 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 no well, seriously i i'm forever grateful for him he's he's been a good friend and he's he's uh he's been a lot of help so i'm he's gonna leave in the morning and yeah i think he owes you about 20 bucks now <laughs> so i took him out and uh, for the fun part so here in columbus ohio um there's a a restaurant called the thurman cafe and it's mm. it's on uh Thurman Street. Yeah, it's right? been on. It's been on like loads of TV. Yeah, shows. it's on the TV shows, Man versus Food or Drivers Drive-Ins and Dives. You yeah. know, with what's his name, the guy for Ferrari or whatever his name. Is. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> we went in there, and I'm like, I bet I, I'm like Wolf. I bet you cannot eat the biggest burger they have to serve here. I bet you mm. can't do it, knowing he could, right? But I, of course, I'm acting like that, so he does it. He's like, yeah, 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 give me the biggest thing you got. And they bring it to him and and he sees it and immediately just he reminded uh me of myself when when you first lay eyes on it, you're like, Oh yeah, I can eat that. And he did. He he it only took him nineteen minutes to to finish this challenge and and he had extra food beyond that. It's so it's just, about a foot high, isn't it? It's yeah, it's at it's least a foot high. It's it's huge. It's enormous. You can't just squeeze it down and eat it like a burger. He he, he knife and forked the whole thing. Yeah, I mean it's it's a that's classy. Yeah. yeah, I don't even know. It how is you, actually. I mean, it made me sick looking at it. It's a it's a burger that is a foot high. Everybody, it's like four burgers. You can make four regular hamburgers out of it with onion rings and French fries and bacon and it's like everything. All the stuff it's and ridiculous. ham and cheese. Yeah. So that, it was a really yeah, it's a really good time having them here. Um, so yeah, he's gonna have to that, get rota rooted. <laughs> yeah jeez all right well yeah, that's I cool feel, yeah yeah Great um dude. for my week how about I, you todd thank you tony um i okay i love the cars i've i i just have always loved the cars they've got an emotional ah. place in my heart i never get tired of listening to the cars all right so elliot easton uh, was responsible for some of the tastiest little guitar licks. You know, it's it's pop rock. And it's feel good, and you love it, and it's it's great stuff. And uh, he's not like widely recognized, but man, um, one thing I kind of uh, found out is that you know I was like I'm gonna I want to learn the the solo to just what I needed because if that's not one of my favorite solos of all time, I don't know. It, I just love it. So I started looking around. I was like, well, I'm going to you know, get some tab and or just listen, you know, see how some people are doing it that have figured it out. And um, I did. every single one of those people, almost every single one that I was listening to said the same thing. It's one of their all time favorites. And he is an unsung guitar genius. Right. And whether you believe that or not, just the fact that so many people were saying that it made me feel good. You know, just like, yeah, 
get the guy some recognition. Um, and he's a lefty. And he's a lefty. Yeah. So everything we're hearing is backwards, which is imagine <laughs> what it would sound like forward. It would be an, even. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, he's got an awesome signature Gibson custom shop SG. Oh, yeah. Uh, I believe it's the Pelham Blue. If I'm uh, not mistaken. Yeah. Well, he's got a black one, too. Anyways, and he, yeah, uh, and he also has uh, also has a firebird called the Tiki Bird. Yeah. Ooh. So, anyways, that was that was my week. I just said, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a break from doing my music, and I'm gonna learn uh, learn some cool stuff that uh, uh, might be might be a little challenging. So, um, so there, that's what nice. I did, and it was a blast. I loved it. You know what so else how, is a blast? How did it, how did it come out? Uh, I'm still working on it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm impatient. I get the stuff and I'm like, yeah. And it sounds like this. And I'm like, crap. Now I got to learn the rest. Hey, I'm, you know what else we're working on? This. One, two, one, two, three. Four on the floor. Okay. Our four on the floor is sponsored by Tour Gear Designs. Uh, our recent guest, Marco, uh, who is the co-founder of Tour Gear uh, was a, he was a great guest, and his uh, actual pedal cables are that much better. I actually <laughs> bought a bunch of those, and they are a dream to work with. They're yeah, awesome. They really you are. Them in? They yeah. cool. They, they come in uh, three inch, four inch, six inch, eight inch, ten inch, and they're even working on like a twenty four inch one right now. I think it's about twenty four. So they're they're deciding on wh- how long it's going to be, but it's going to be long, and. The unique thing about these is that the actual uh, footprint of them is about the size of the actual diameter of the jack. This is very small, people, and they are built very well. Uh, We highly recommend these. Check out TourGearDesigns.com. Glad to have them along on the show and sponsoring our four on the floor. Speaking of four on the floor, Sully. (laughs) You ready? <laughs> I am. Cool. Uh, yeah, so my four on the floor, it's it's real, real straight ahead. It's uh, four Boss HM2s plugged into one another into a Gorilla G20. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> awesome. It is, the, it is the angriest of angry bees. Um, no, seriously, I <laughs> unfortunately, here's where I feel really bad because I'm I'm really not like a gearhead guy which is I, I get it it's strange but like i love guitars and like guitars have always been my my main focus but i've never really had a whole bunch of pedals and like all the amps that i would have like when i was in bands there was always another guitar player who was super into that so it was you know i'd be like so go ahead and just dial something in for me and it was fun um but i i will say that a few years ago um along with you know uh with what I do of building guitars, sometimes we do classes. One year, uh, one well, one day, a few years ago, uh, a buddy of mine, we did a pedal building class, and you know it was we just did you know the bi the byo kits, and uh, however we had custom enclosures, silk screened with some with some fun art and a little flaming taco drawn on there because that's fun, um, and. I love that overdrive pedal. It's got, it's, it's based on a, you know, tube screamer, but it's got some mods that, um, if you reminded me of what they were, I still wouldn't know what they were, but it's a little bit different. And I I do really like it. Um, one other, there are a few like pedals that I would really like, but I would, 
probably need to have someone show me how to use them. Um, one is the, uh, the electroharmonics POG or POG. I don't know. Um, it's like ALF in POG forms. And, and it's got like that, that cool, like it's, it seems like it's got like all kinds of crazy octavy stuff. And I really like that sort of thing. So that would be fun for me to play around with. Um, I kind of want one of those headbrush gig boards, but that to me seems a little overwhelming. Although I know that they're very user-friendly and people that I know that are not super, um, they're not dial tweakers or they're not, well, they're not tweakers in any kind. And, um, <laughs> You know, they say, oh, I've got them and I really like them. So that's good. Um, the, so the, also, the, the whole pedal board? Yeah, like the like the headrush gig board. It's like a little guy. And it's got, you know, it's it's got like all of the, um, you know, it's it's kind of like a multi. Oh, yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. yeah, yeah. So it's great for like a fly gig or something like that. Yeah. Um, for, for what I do and for the amount of playing that I do, that sort of thing would be good. Um, although I have to give it up to... Um, the only amp that I had for a long time, I've got a really nice one now that I love and thank you, victory amplifiers. I love you dearly. Um, the Roland micro cube, <laughs> it's the coolest thing. and it's got all these little built in effects. So like if you wanted to play bark at the moon with the uh, proper amount of chorus and enough reverb on there, you know, you can. And so I, I think <laughs> that's really good. It's and, the only um, amp with a Jakey Lee setting. You know, uh, I, for now, although I think he's got a signature amp with Friedman, but it's not a setting. It's just an amp. So yes, <laughs> I'm sorry. I failed you all. <laughs> uh, so uh, what about uh, number four? Hmm. There's something that victory does um, in, in that with all of their amps, they have like preamp, like, the, like the preamps of each amp, like in a pedal. So if you have one, you can get all of these other preamps pedals that are essentially that amp in a pedal. Like everybody's like, yes, dude, we know, we know, we know. Um, but I've, I've always thought that that was really cool because I've got one of them, but there are certain other ones that I would like to have too. So I think that's really cool. Okay. Um, yeah, I know it's really anticlimactic. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, I think that made it all worthwhile. The fact that you actually said that. So. <laughs> yeah, no, I knew it going in. This is going to be a nightmare. Sorry guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, we thank you for sharing that. Um, uh, you know, every, everybody isn't, isn't, uh, that comes on, isn't the, the biggest pedal hoarder or anything like that. And we've had some people just flat out say, yeah, I'm not, I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. So we appreciate right. so you like, playing along. It's been fun. Right. It, it's, you know, it's, it's strange because like a lot of, some of my favorite like guitar moments, uh, I, I can think of two are, are courtesy of pedals and, you know, and then I think to myself, well, why don't I go and get whatever pedal that, Johnny Marr was using for how soon is now. And then I can do that. And then I'm like, well, cause who has the time, but clearly Johnny Marr did. And many others do. So yeah. I'm, I'm, the, I'm, I'm in the wrong. And I, I, it's one of the reasons that I'm a terrible person. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like the fact that you referenced Johnny Marr. Gosh, one of my favorites. Absolutely. Just, oh gosh. It's remarkable. What that guy's able to do. I couldn't agree more. Um, Okay, well, we're going to get on to the reason that we have you on the show, uh, the big fat interview. Uh, before we do, we need to give a shout out to John Fiddle, um, our illustrious um, keeper of our 
whatever the studio looks like at this point, I'm not really sure uh, whenever we get to go back to it. Um, and uh, John is, a, is an extraordinary uh, engineer, uh, producer, and, um, and masterer of music. Uh, he really, really understands guitar tone and is uh, very interested in trying to make sure that he gets the guitar, the guitar tone that you are hearing in your head <laughs> as well as in your ears. Um, because I think f- for a lot of us who are playing guitar, that's the thing that we're fighting uh, the entire time we're doing is like, I hear the sound of my head. I'm trying to get it out of my gear. And that's why we, a lot of reasons why we switch gear so much because we're trying to find that elusive sound and, and he's really good at helping you do that. Um, so check out uh, johnfintel.com, J-O-N-F-I-N-T-E-L.com. And he's out of Relay Recording, uh, RelayRecording.com. Um, he did my latest album, and I, I, it just brings tears to my eyes and raises the my arm hair up while I'm driving. It's pretty neat to watch, actually. I should film that so y'all can see that. <laughs> it's the only hair I have that'll stand up and he's <laughs> hey oh. Um okay, so we got John Sullivan, Sully Guitars, uh from Sullyguitars.com. You can go there and check it out right now or or again check it out on Instagram. And we're gonna find out all about uh what he has to offer, how he began offering it and uh, other little useless tidbits that uh, helps help put the sprinkle on the donut as it were easy, Jared. Um, so uh, John, you, you've, uh, you've done this rodeo a few times. You had your own podcast, you had a YouTube yes. channel. So you've uh-huh. gone through the whole, like, Hey, this is where I started. Right. Yeah. Uh, yes. And over the years, I've been trying to whittle it down to like, like a sizable kind of chunk. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, well, through that whittling, uh, why don't you give us uh, what you think might be a tasty tidbit of how you got started in this? Well, I can say that I, I started playing guitar when I was eight and I, th- my sister had an, an acoustic guitar that was given to her by my uncle. She was supposed to learn how to she was going to take lessons. She never did. Um, I heard my Sharona and I thought it was like the coolest thing. So I stole that guitar and I wanted to learn how to play. And the one thing that was wrong with it is that there was, um, a chip in the nut that was, so a a chunk of the nut was taken out and that piece that was missing held the B string in place. So you could kind of put it in what was left of that nut slot and try and hit a note and then all of a sudden it would come and just, you know, it would would, fall out and that was bad. So I, uh, you know, went to the being, you know, the eight or nine year old that I was at the, that was eight, um, went to the junk drawer in the kitchen, uh, grabbed a hammer, (laughs) grabbed a little nail and I made essentially a string retainer and I I hammered that into the headstock and (laughs) that, that kept the string in the nut slot. Now, I don't exactly know how I got that idea. Uh, I've blanked out a whole bunch of my childhood. We won't talk about that. You're welcome. Um, (laughs) But, and I'm not, you know, I wasn't generally a handy person until then. And so, you know, I've, since then I've always had a guitar around me and uh, you know, I grew up in the eighties and all of the 
bands that I liked. They all played custom guitars. Um, when I got my first electric, which was, uh, I was 12 and that was a, it was a company called Maxitone. And that was in the sixties when like the Ibanez factory was like making a whole bunch of just kooky sixties kinds of guitars. And I remember I, 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 with a Sharpie, I wrote Sully Strat custom on it. Wow. Yeah. So like Sully guitars has like always been a thing, which is really, really, really weird. Um, you know, and, and so I, you know, was very interested in that culture growing up and, you know, everybody at custom guitars, it was kind of part of what you saw and the music store that I live nearby, um, in suburban Lombard, Illinois, um, the guy that was, it was the cool guy that you took lessons from. He grew up with Glenn Tipton of Judas Priest. He made parts guitars and, you know, and, and I used to just hang out when, in, at their store when he got his own store and it was right down the street from me. And I used to hang out there like a straight cat and I would just watch him do repairs. And he would always, you know, answer questions or talk to me like I knew what I was talking about, or, you know, like I knew what he was talking about and I had no idea, but it was, that was really fostered. And, you know, I eventually started working on stuff for my friends in high school and, um, you know, and I started eventually making like my own parts guitars in 2001, just out of prefab, you know, bodies and necks that you get on eBay or whatever. And, you know, eventually started uh, cutting bodies from scratch and then still using like a warmth neck or something. And then, you know, eventually, um, you know, went all scratch. And, you know, a, a lot of what helped me along the way then and, you know, 2000, 2001, 2002, or a lot of the things that people, you know, use now in that, you know, the power of the internet. Um, mm -hmm. I was very active on the Jackson Guitars Forum and there was a tech forum in there. And so, you know, I'd read and learn and, you know, buy books and, and, and do all that stuff. And I never really had someone um, show me how to do all this stuff. It was a lot of reading and a lot of trial and error, a lot of trial and error. And around 2003 or so, I started, you know, making guitars for people here and there. I still had a day job. Um, what was that day job? Uh, at the time I, I did a, a lot of what I did involved working as like management in like call centers. I worked for um, like what became AT&T. Well, it was like singular and, you know, so mm -hmm. I, I worked in like the, the cell industry. Um, and, you know, it was a, it was a, a decent gig. Um, and uh, so that's, that's kind of what I did for, for, for quite some time. Um, and, you know, I just kept, kept doing it and, and kept making stuff and messing things up and, uh, <laughs> and, and keep going forward. And, you know, again, with on the internet and, and this is one of those things, you know, people will post pictures of what they're working on. And, you know, uh, a lot of times photos look great. And a lot of times photos can be deceiving, yeah, and, yeah. um, you know, but eventually, you know, I kept, kept working and, 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 and making stuff. And, you know, I, eventually I got to the point where I, I had to quit my day job and I'm, you know, glossing over just like a whole bunch just for, you know, trying, you know, sure. Not, yeah. But, um, I went full time, Let's see. I burned the khakis on October 1st of <laughs> 2014. Well put. Yeah. Um, yeah. May I never wear pants again. And, and so, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I've been doing it full time since then. Um, and I, 
you know, for a, a long time, for years before then, I, I definitely had more work than I could handle. And that's kind of one of the, 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 you know, the, the double-edged sword aspect of, of being like a one-man shop is, you know, there's only so many things you can get done in a year. And then when you've got, you know, a day job, um, you know, that obviously, you know, cuts into your available time. And, and uh, once I kind of learned that you could do, you know, teach, you know, guitar building classes and kind of treat it as kind of like a summer camp. It's, it's, it's one of those things where it's, it's more bucket list rock and roll fantasy camp than Roberto Venn or any of the other like luthery schools where you spend thousands of dollars and, and, you know, you, you get essentially trained to do the job. This is, you know, want to make a body and a neck, come on, you're going to do a lot of sanding and, uh, and it'll be fun. And you'll leave, you know, with a, with a completed instruments with, with the exception of paint. Yeah. Um, but that, that definitely helped, um, you know, that, that helps the income stream because you got to have, you know, multiple streams and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but you know, yeah, I've been, I've been building, geez. I mean, it just seems like, you know, I, I like I've been doing this in one way or the other since I was eight. <laughs> That's pretty fantastic, man. Um, oh, you. you know, another byproduct of sanding everybody is that you get really good at the bossa nova. All right. <laughs> so, um, Tony, nothing really. Come on. I, I I won't. I was. I thought you were going to say one of the byproducts of sanding is sand. Uh, no dust. Yes, no. And dust. Dust. a lot of dust. Yes. <laughs> Oh, oh, okay. I see what you're doing over there. You got sound effects now. Uh, you, jeez. Well uh, he, he always likes to try to touch the sound effects pads on the on the road over here, and and, <laughs> and I have to slap his hand. Get out of there! I got my own. Yeah. Nice. Um. So okay. So let's talk about. Thank you for the the backstory. I think that was a great way for kind of people to uh, people to get into you know where your head is at and and how long you've been doing it and what kind of um, you know, expertise you're bringing to the table. Um, now when it comes to your actual guitars, mm -hmm. um, you're not really playing it super safe here. I think it depends on who you ask. Okay. And, and what, um, well, you know, it's, it's kind of in the, in, in the eye of, of the person that's, that's saying that I, I, I like to think that what I do is because, you know, I, I came from, you know, pointy guitars. That's truly what makes me happy. Yeah. Um, and, and when we, we talked earlier about, you know, Randy Rhodes and that sort of thing, yeah. um, that is my favorite guitar. And like that, it, like if someone brought to me like an 83 or an 84 Rhodes, like a Rhodes custom, not a student model with, I want shark fins. I don't want a Kaler. Right. And, I, and, and if somebody brought that to me, that would, I, I would have that same kind of effect that someone might see over a 1959 Les Paul. Right. Um, like that's my thing. It's, it's kind of like, you know, when you find your bands, you know, and you may l grow up listening to the music of your parents or your older brother and, and, and all that, but then you find that thing that like, Oh, this is the song of my people. And it's like, yeah, so yeah. That was, and it, and it wasn't just because it was pointy. It was because it was kind of, you know, maybe advanced. It was, it was cool. It was, it was, you know, it was made for people that, it's evocative. It, it, it is. And, and so that's really what I, I love, but I'm also aware that that's what Jackson guitars does. And that's what they need to keep doing. Um, and 
you know, so uh, knowing that the general buying public is pretty conservative in their tastes mm-hmm. um, as far as, you know, they might like something, but oh, I'm not buying it. Um, yeah. Yet. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I try and kind of ride this edge of maybe something that you're you're sort you're already kind of familiar with, but I'm gonna do some other things and I'm gonna bring you over here and it's gonna be okay. You, you know, and right. it'll, it'll either be for you or it or it won't be. Just like, you know, if you pick up a guitar in a store or wherever and you know, first thing you grab is the neck and you can have this visceral like nope. And or it's like, oh yeah, there we go. You know, I we all have those things. So um you know, if I'm, I'm coming from an edgier side of town, um, maybe for some, definitely not for others, but I, I like to kind of take some of the aggressive pointy looks of the guitars that I loved, add a little bit of refinement to them um, in my own eyes, whether or not I actually do that is for other people to decide. But, you know, I, I, I try and kind of, you know, refine things a little bit and also make it something that will work for a bunch of different people because, you know, uh, yeah, well, you could take one of my guitars that has, you know, like a, the, the poivin, the poivin, the pointy Raven headstock on it and look like you're going to impale someone. You could play it at a jazz gig. It is going to be a versatile guitar. Um, and, and that is another thing that's really important to me. And I'm really rambling. So we're going to stop here. We're <laughs> well, uh, and yeah, to so. be clear, I mean, you know, it's not like you've got, um, a, you know, a, a stock full of, um, you know, like BC rich, you know, warlocks and stuff here. I mean, these are still, um, you know, they're rock and roll based guitars. They're yeah. not, it, it, this is not, uh, uh, something that's unapproachable. And, um, so when I said you're not playing it safe, it didn't mean that, uh, you know, you're you're so far out on the fringe that sure, people sure. are going to be like, wow, that's cool. Keep doing that, pal. You know, <laughs> um, you know, you you are playing in the in the realm that, you know, I think most of the people that we have on there are they love guitars it's not that they are engineers for the most part or anything like that. So they're, they're not going to come at it like completely out of left field. They mm-hmm. love guitars they, and, and the guitar and guitars have history. And we all started with, you know, familiar sure. models. So when you get that creative inspiration, you're going to say, all right, what can I add to something that I already love? Is that fair to say? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So your the the guitar range that you have spans a lot of what we would call familiar esque, mm-hmm. you know, sure. beginnings. But you you're pushing them a little bit farther than a lot of uh, a lot of other other people do. Um, I would agree. I, I would also go so so far to say, like you know, uh, you can look at uh, the Raven model, which you know. Um, people might say it's got it's it's base in a firebird and and while it does it's the second generation of it in that mine like the the footprint of a raven for me starts with jackson's version of a firebird which is a very different guitar from a gibson firebird even though it might be a similar um perimeter and a similar silhouette if you pick that guitar up they're incredibly different and yeah and, and the same thing, like if you took a Raven and then you went and played a Firebird, they're they're 
completely different guitars. You could say um, the same with the 71, which is um, if I had to, I think a 71 is the most Sully of all Sully guitars. Okay. Um, because that one for me, um, I, I spent four years on the design and it was really based out of dissatisfaction with um, the classic iconic single cut. Um, mm -hmm. I always wanted one. I had a few. I never kept them. And one of the things that uh, I, I did when I was active on my YouTube channel um, is I, I found this basket case uh, Les Paul studio with a broken headstock and like the toggle switch was relocated and it was, a, it was truly an abandoned project. Mm -hmm. um, it was just sand. I mean, it looked like a bear played it. And I did a series where I'm just going to, okay, so this is my last ditch effort. I'm going to take this carcass and I'm going to, you know, put my own spin on it and kind of make it, I'm going to make myself like one of these. And I documented the whole thing and it was fun. Um, but when it was done, I, I'm like, eh. I realized it was a scale length. Um, I'm not the smallest person. I'm not the biggest person in the world. I'm not the smallest person in the world, but short scale guitars, I, I get real congested and I, I, it's just not fun for me to play. Mm -hmm. So that to me was, that was a starting point. I'm like, okay, the scale. And then, so then what are some other aspects of that particular guitar that didn't work for me. And it's the fact that you could snap a headstock like a, by looking at it or mm -hmm. um, various other construction methods or not construction methods necessarily, but you know, I want some more contours. I want something a little different. And uh, I started just kind of drawing and drawing and I would, you know, I, I, I draw and I make some changes to it and I just let it breathe for a while. And um, for me, that's kind of the best way to work out a design is you kind of, you, you, you do something, you go away and you come back to it and, and you see if you still like it. And then once you get it to the point where uh, you, you kind of, you got to make a decision here. You, mm -hmm. you, are you going to move forward with this or not? And so I'm like, uh, yes. So I'm going to start making some templates and then going from a sketch, uh, a literal sketch on a piece of paper to some MDF body templates. I'm like, huh, well, that doesn't really look like how I thought it would. And, you know, you make some changes to that. And then eventually you, you make the thing. Um, and you know, there are things like, well, how do I want this neck joint to feel? How do I want this contour to look? And, and how do I want these sorts of things, um, to happen. And, and a lot of that you, you find out just by continuing to make the thing. So usually, um, the first, usually with like the first five, usually for the first five guitars of any particular model is where I'll have like the most differences. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, they kind of just refine as you go, but yeah, the, the 71 it's, it, that is, that is absolutely the most me. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, well, hopefully everybody's at the site looking and or listening or, or checking out Instagram right now. One, oh, of, the thing, one of the things <laughs> that I, I really like uh, about the designs that you have is that there's kind of like two sides of rock and roll for me or like mm -hmm. one is the the, you know, the dirty and yeah. the, and the and the just the raw, you know, you're mm -hmm. talking about a bear and it's like a big it's like a a. a hungry black bear. Yes. Right. And, and then the other side is the part that like, when we go to a show, we want to be entertained. 
Mm-hmm. When we're looking at somebody on stage or we, I think the idea of being on stage, there is a permission that most people don't get. Mm-hmm. If you're up there and you are able to, to take that to just pushing something to the, to the next level and, and ha- taking that permission and saying, okay, that guy, they, they, they took all that permission. They're using it good mm-hmm. on them. It's like, kind of like when you're, when you're on the freeway and, you, and you're driving your, your Toyota or whatever, and there's somebody in a, in, in a suite, like, you know, Porsche or other exotic and they're going the mm-hmm. speed limit and you're like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. but, but if, if somebody is, if somebody like goes for it, you're like, yeah, man, do it. Yeah, yeah. You sure. have it, use it. Not everybody can be on the stage. So when there's my idea is in in some instances when you when you are up there, it's like use it and your some of your designs really enable you to get to that level again without it being like in ridiculous land or you know threatening to kill somebody with your guitar. So that's really you nice got some you nice say. flair. Thank you. I, and well, that, that's very kind of you. And I, I really, I, I don't take that uh, lightly. That's because that, you know, quite frankly, you know, I, everybody's got a catchphrase and selling guitar is built by rock and roll. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, I, I, I had this, uh, this thought come to me a, a few months ago or so. Um, and while, you know, to, to look at me, it's like, oh, okay, 80s guy. Um, I don't listen to Poison all day. There's nothing wrong with listening to Poison <laughs> all day if you want to listen to Poison all day. I just don't. Um, you know, but the guitars and, and the thing that I'm trying to convey uh, to people, and you kind of touched on it, so that's that's a good thing for me, is like if you were, t- there's a sense of fun that I think is, is not necessarily missing, but I, I'm trying to bring that. Um, yeah, a little bit you, of showmanship. You know, there's a, yes. I mean, I, I grew up a kiss freak and, you know, and, and loved Motley Crue and, and, but if you were and I, the thing that I, I realized was like, if you were to take uh, the, the, the essence of shout at the devil, blizzard of Oz, Duran Duran's Rio, Mm-hmm. Maybe even the Go-Go's Beauty and the Beat. Mix that together. Maybe throw in a little T-Rex. You get what I'm trying to do. Totally, um, totally get because, that. Because like, I loved all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And there is there is a sense of, you know, we started you know, doing this with Sparkles, you know, years ago. And, and Sparkle finishes are by no means a new thing. Um, but we started doing it when it wasn't, you know, like six it's a or statement so still. I mean, it is it, it's a statement. And, and a lot of people will say, you know, we do like a big sparkle pink something or other. But like I could never play a pink sparkle guitar. And I said and I always say I couldn't disagree with you more. Of course you can. You just have to decide that you can. Right. And whatever, no matter whatever you, you have to decide, give yourself permission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, there is a series of I, I want to try and add some fun to things. Uh, I want to try and, you know, make you feel like you put this guitar on and like you could either play in your bedroom uh, as much as you want to. There's nothing wrong with that. Or go play on a stage and not necessarily look like everyone else. Yeah, yeah. So, 
Yeah. I, but then on the other hand, you know, the guitar, the guitar has to look great. It's got to sound great. It's got to play great, but it's also got to get out of the way of the player. Um, because when it really comes down to it, that's, you know, really the most important part of it. Agreed. Agreed. In that same vein, um, the first thing I did with the band that, uh, that I started was I went over to Tony and I said, Tony, I need you to do some work, Sonny boy. And <laughs> I had, uh, I got three black guitars and I said, I need heavy gold sparkle pick guards yes. on all of these. <laughs> yes. And, yes. and honestly, like with the show peep, I always get asked about them and I feel uh-huh. like I'm, I'm fulfilling my dream up there. And it's just, yeah, a, you are. I, I don't, you know, and that, that so you're just kind of uh, help you do that. I appreciate that about that. Um, Happy to do it. So Sully, I had a question for you. Um, why do you hate pick guards so much? <laughs> you know, it's funny. <laughs> I actually, I bought a pick guard from you about 15 years ago. It was a oh, strat really? pick guard. It was a strat pick guard with a Jake Ely pick guard route. So a uh, pickup uh, route. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> so that's I, why so he hates them. I, Great, I would, nice oh, one. Yeah, that, that, so I spoiled you on pick guards. Huh? You did. You, uh, you, you ruined it for everyone else. But no, so for, for me, um, now certain models that I have um, absolutely have to have a pick guard. Um, most of them do not. Mm-hmm. And it kind of comes from, well, my upbringing. Uh, you know, in, in that sense of like the best pizza place is the one that you grew up with. Like all of the guitars that I grew up with or that I really liked, um, they didn't really have pick guards. Yeah. And uh, right now, what's what's funny? I'm, I'm was working on finishing up these uh, four guitars here. It's a six twenty two model, which is not really on the website. Um, and this is a whole. Uh, we'll take a whole other explanation direction. So I'll, I'll stop, but they have, they have, you know, pick guards on them and because it's a ease of manufacture and that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, they're, they're strat based and I'm putting, you know, all this stuff together and I've got the thing loaded and I'm trying to get it like in, and there's always a little wire that's stuck underneath and it's hard to get at because I've already wired the bridge ground. I'm like, what, why? No. (laughs) So while I may not really enjoy pick guards on all of the models, um, like to me, a Stardust needs to have one. Um, Mm -hmm. I've made one without it and I thought it would be weird and it wasn't because of the overall picture. Um, but uh, they have their place. I will say, however, and this is maybe even more controversial, that Bigsby's, I hate them. Absolutely hate them. I will never, never, ever under any circumstances whatsoever put any of those old-timey leg brace looking things on one of my guitars. (laughs) (laughs) And they're just, you gotta have like a tetanus shot hourly for just to get close to it. It's like, no. (laughs) (laughs) They have their place, just not on my guitar. Yeah. Right, right. Nice. Well, they're, they're for tremolo anyway, man. These, your guitars are for dive bombs. Well, they're for they're for whatever you want to play. Sure, mm. but I mean, you know, I've, when I look at your guitars, I'm like, yeah, yeah Randy Rhodes, yeah, you yeah. Know, and all sure. that kind of stuff. So, yeah, that's cool, cool. So, uh, what as far as the guitar building goes, what what is um, when you get down to it, what is your favorite aspect in during the build? Uh, my favorite part of it is when it when it looks like a thing. Um. You know, I, I like it when, you know, I, I've recently transitioned to, um, I got a CNC last year. 
So up until this point, uh, I'd been doing all this stuff, you know, bandsaw routers and all that stuff. And I still do that to a certain extent. Um, but no matter how the, whatever is doing the cutting out, um, how, no matter how that happens, when I can kind of, you know, put a neck in a neck slot and it looks like a thing, that's, that's really one of my most favorite parts. Um, I know that a lot of guys that uh, that build really enjoy neck shaping. I've never enjoyed neck shaping. Really? Um, yeah, no, it's a lot of people say, oh, it's just so meditative. And I think, well, maybe if you're not doing it for a living. <laughs> yeah. And, there's, 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 and, and, and if you're doing it as a hobby, and, and when I say that, I did not mean that as a, as a, a derogatory kind of thing whatsoever. Um, but even when I wasn't doing it for a living, I still didn't really like shaping necks because it just, um, of all of the, all of the things in the, in the books that you can read and the, uh, directions that you can find the neck, like neck shaping really isn't one of those things that's easy to find. Um, you know, and to go one further, like if you want to, take a body, you know, if you want to, if you want to make a body, you take a body blank, you, you've got your templates, you draw out your center line, you trace out your template, you cut it out and then you trim it to size with a router. Then you go ahead and, you know, so on and so forth. You're doing this very thematic. Um, there are ways that I learned how to, um, you know, with various lines and you're putting facets in, in, in a rectangular shaped thing. And eventually you keep making facets and then now it's a, it's a rounded thing. Um, but yeah, I, I've never really enjoyed that part of it. Um, and, uh, yeah. And, and I don't care what anyone says. Nobody likes sanding. <laughs> yeah, likes sanding. That's a, yeah. And the, the job is mostly sanding and problem solving. <laughs> <laughs> Should have been a plumber. <laughs> right. Right. Well, you know, I'd probably be making a lot more money if I, if I got into plumbing. <laughs> Well, cool, man. We really appreciate you sharing all this stuff. Um, do you have any, um, is there any new models or anything that, uh, that we should be on the lookout for? You know, there are some things that I have in the process. Um, one of them are these four little guitars that I'm, it just, it's a 622. And uh, when they're released, it's going to be like, well, okay, I don't really care. Everybody makes these. And that's, yeah, that's true. But this particular thing, um, you know, w while I have the customs that are made by me in my garage in Dallas, um, I also have a production line that's made in South Korea. Mm -hmm. And the, the Conspiracy Series guitars, those are all very well made. You can take them on the road. People do. Um, and they're all priced around 11, 1200 bucks. Right. They have a lot, they have a lot of similar features that I put on my guitars, like stainless steel frets and, you know, the pickups are well into my specs. I try and do some fun finishes. Um, you know, uh, so they're speaking yes. of the finishes, as you're talking about that, uh, I would, if you haven't gotten over to the site yet, one of the most fun parts about this is when he gets into the finishes, uh, he, you do a great job of Thank you. making Especially somebody the want light. these guitars. I mean, honestly, Good. Um, yep. you can't not look at this and go, well, dang it. I need to have this champagne sparkle. I mean, for real, that's amazing. Let me just say everyone does. And the thing that's, that's really a drag about champagne sparkle is that it's, it's tough to photograph. Um, it is, that is the one color that I, I have yet to get sick of. Um, yeah. Whenever we've done a guitar in Champagne Sparkle, I just go, 
Hmm. <laughs> it's just, I love that there's this little, like, it's the same thing, like another reason why I love shoreline gold so much um, versus like a more traditional gold. It, mm-hmm. it has this like platinum kind of sheen to it. Yeah. And it's just, it's not it yellow. Kinda, it's refined. Yeah. And it, it's, it's as subtle as the being subtle. So it's as much of a, as, as subtle as you can get yeah. with being a big sparkly thing. But yeah, I, I love it. And then the one thing that that's also on that page, uh, I, if you're in the finishes section of like the, what we do page, mm-hmm. um, it's hard to capture in photos. Uh, it's hard to capture in videos, but there's a, a thing that we do. It's kind of called our Glamazon finishes where we'll take, um, I think there's, there's a, a Glamazon 71 Trella there and it's, uh, you know, a nice, uh, like a honey burst kind of thing. It's so good looking. Then, man. <laughs> but, then, but then we put a very, very, very faint amount of gold pearl on the top only. And it will, depending on the angle, it will light up like it's almost opaque. Uh, certain angles, you won't see it at all. Um, it's like a, it's, it's like a lip gloss. It's a little bit of a shimmer and that's, I, I, the Glamazon stuff really makes me happy. It's, it's, we'll be doing a lot more of them and, uh, it's, it's pretty, I I mean, that is a pretty remarkable looking finish that, that guitar, you have a Glamazon gold burst in here that is just absolutely stunning. So yeah, well done. Thank you. We, we, uh, we do our best. And also (laughs) I love the copy on your site. It's great. It's like, it's like you're talking to me right now, except I'm on your site and that's cool. I mean, I, I, people get, people tend to get really (laughs) uptight on that. So I appreciate that. Um, you know, uh, I don't know. There's a lot of, I don't know. There's a lot of places that you can get the boilerplate stuff um you know i remember reading there was a, an article or a column that joel Danzig had, had written a po- talking about like luthier boilerplate and it's you know hand selected woods and hand rubbed oiled finishes and like how else are you gonna rub a finish <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's like hand selected tone woods again I, 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 we pick them on a forklift really i mean i go to the place they get a forklift and they bring this pallet down and i say yeah that one looks good and um, I mean, it's a little bit more involved than that, but right. not much. But yeah, I mean, there, there is a lot of that. And it's one of these things that has been very helpful to me uh, over the years of doing this is, you know, when, when you're a small business or in my case, kind of microscopic, you, you have to pretty much be the face of your business. Um, I'm fortunate in that I'm a bit of a cartoon character and I'm a bit of, you know, and that's a little marketable. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, it, it, the thing that is important for us as small business owners that if we're all we're all on Facebook, we're all on Instagram, we're all fighting very, very, very hard for space on someone's feed. It used to be a little bit easier when I when I first started, and I was fortunate and and was and reap those rewards. But now it's a, it's a pretty much a bare knuckle fight to gain any kind of ground on a daily basis. Oh yeah. And if you can communicate on your website or your, however you're facing the, the, the public in a manner that is relatable and genuine, and it helps them know, like, and trust you, um, that, that does go a long way because no matter what we, with the products that we buy as consumers, whether it's shoes or dog food or whatever, um, there's a reason that we're, we chose that. And it's because we felt some sort of connection to it. Otherwise we wouldn't have bought it. And that's, you know, 
it's important. So I'm glad that the uh, the website reads like it's someone speaking with you. Quite frankly, I really need to work on it, but I, you know, there's only so much time in a day. Uh, you got a leg up on a lot of people. So thank you. Uh, speaking of leg up, mm. Jared. <laughs> Straps. <laughs> this yep. is a good one, everybody. Hang on. I don't, I don't know if there's any stirrups big enough for me, man. <laughs> anyway, uh, Let's go to our uh, little segment on the show we call Would You Rather. This week's Would You Rather. Let's let's talk rare guitars. The these are two of the rarest and exotic guitars ever made. Number 1, the Gibson Moderne. Is it how do you say it? Modern, sure. Moderne, Modern. E modern, 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 Let's just go with right? that. Modern, yeah. In 1957, Ted McCarty, uh, he was in charge of Gibsons at the time of the thing. He applied for the design <laughs> of the thing, <laughs> right? <laughs> Why is that the, funny? It is, though. <laughs> the thing, and you know, the yeah. little thing in Kalamazoo with the smokestack that they took down. Yeah. But he applied for um, these patents of three guitar shapes: the the Flying V, the Explorer, and a third design. A third design without a title. Later, the third design became known as the Moderne. Actually, the the, uh, the it was not the Explorer at the time; it was the Futura. The mm. Futura. Okay, yeah. thank you, Tony. The Flying V and the Explorer went the into. Futura. <laughs> That's right. Which you are so smart. <laughs> okay, anyways. It's the Explorer, everybody. Just keep going. <laughs> right. Is it the thing? Yeah. Uh, into limited production in 1958 and 1959. And they were reissued extensively in the years following. The Moderne, however, was not so lucky. It was never really put into production. Although it was never a mass produce. Ted McCarty and various other Gibson factory workers remember that there were anywhere from one to six prototypes of the Gibson Moderne made in the factory. But despite their testaments, the fact remains that a Moderne has yet to surface almost 60 years later. No, an original, an original from, no from back original. in 57, 58. That's, that's, that's right. No originals are known to exist. There is... In a 1982 reissue, Moderne on reverb for ten grand. Yeah, so they get it. They reissued him in the uh, in the early, early 80s, 80s. Yeah. Um, and that's just an example of of one that has recently surfaced. They were re released again in the uh, the 20 teens. Uh, uh, in, again, not at in mass, but uh, uh, the the most the earliest of that model you can get uh, is from the early eighties and um, at a handsome price, my, my, my friends. Yeah. So now, we've now for anybody that doesn't, isn't familiar with this shape, Tony, could you describe the shape real quick? <laughs> well, it's, <laughs> it's my segment. <laughs> oh, Tony, Tony, would you describe the shape real quick for everyone? <laughs> Only if you want me to. <laughs> yes. <please>. So, <laughs> I guess you would call it kind of a maybe a cross between a flying V and uh, 
like a flying V with the lower horn chopped off uh, or the lower part of the V chopped off and kind of rounded over. It um, reminds me of Gumby. Mm-hmm. Well, the, head, the, head, the headstock is definitely Gumby-ish. That's for yes. sure. <laughs> yes. It's so look good, man. But uh, yeah, I guess it was meant for players that didn't want the big flying V or Futura slash Explorer bodies. Um, so a piece and- of driftwood. Yeah, well, there you go. Something to consider back in when these were being made, uh, the space age was around, and the early what we yeah. would consider uh, mid-century um, art and architecture was really beginning to take hold. So, uh, you know, maybe you've seen old like tables that have like little boomerang shapes all over them. Mm-hmm. Um, this is very reminiscent of the types of art uh, that we are seeing, like like uh, fine art. And uh, and stuff like that. So there's a lot of that is about as mid century as you can get when you when you think about a guitar. I think. Well, so and also we, a lot of the the design elements came from the auto industry too. Mm-hmm. McCart- uh, McCart- Ted McCarty had hired a, uh, uh, a a designer from I don't know if it was from GM or Ford. I forget which, and uh, brought him over and I think assisted with those. But mm-hmm. uh, I think the his, the biggest contribution was that of the Firebird yeah. guitar. Yeah. Um, and so, so you're familiar with the modern, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, to hold that thought now, okay. what now our other up on the other uh, podium here, we've got, go ahead. Oh, Travis bean TB 3000 wedge guitar. There were only 45 made of these, and they go for around $20,000 if you can find one. So you have you have two, right? You have two choices, the Moderne or the Travis Bean TB3000 wedge guitar. Tony, can you you know put some color to that? Because I've, I don't think I've ever seen one of these. Oh, well, yeah, the Travis Beans had a, an aluminum neck, and the headstock was cut out with a capital T. Um, the oh. Tra- Travis Beans then later were um, Kramer. Uh, the initial run of, of Kramer guitars used the same. I think maybe Kramer worked at, at tra- w- with Travis Bean and uh, had uh, early Kramer guitars with aluminum necks uh, were pretty much the same type of thing mm-hmm. now the body so, okay. the body looks like um like a flying v oh, a like little a, bit longer and a little narrower yeah like a flying a. yeah it is it <laughs> is very well put it's more like a flying there you a. go there so you go. there's no they didn't they didn't cut out the v part it's just it's kind it's it's almost flat on the bottom yeah. and they have just a subtle like a um i don't know if german carve is the right how would you say that sully well you, you, i i had to google this so from what i can tell it looks like it's got like a it almost well, from these pictures that I'm seeing. It look like it almost has like a radius top, but there seems to be like a recurve at least on some of this stuff. So I, you know, I just don't know. Mm. I'm useless. Thank you. <laughs> so we've educated everybody here on these two absolutely rare guitars. So let's let's have a would you rather scenario. Okay, fire. You're away. walk. You're walking down the street. And you stumble upon a garage sale <laughs> and your grandma gives you money for 
you know, you, she says, I know you like guitars a lot, but you can only come home with one guitar. And your grandma gave you a, a bunch of money to she go loves you. find it. Yeah, exactly. Because grandmas do. So you go to the garage sale and there's a Modern there, original one. And then there's a Travis Bean. And they both cost the same amount of money. And to be clear, we're talking about the Travis Bean Wedge. Mm -hmm. The Wedge. The very rare, only five were made guitar. So what guitar are you going to take home? Mm. Very curious. So, um, so the is the Modern one of the original ones or is it yes. the reissue? Okay, it's an Absolutely one of okay. the originals. Mm-hmm. 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 Mm. 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 I'm going to sound like Ted Knight in a minute. Mario Fresca. So, which one? Yeah. Um, and just if anybody, if anybody's trying to find one of these on the internet, I mean, the one, the, there's really only one artist that kind of made the, the, um, Travis Bean wedge guitar semi famous, and that was, uh, Keith Levine from, uh, um, he, he was in public image limited and, um, uh, a couple other bands. Um, he was in the clash momentarily, but he's really more known for the, uh, for his work in public image limited. And that's when I think yep. that's probably the, maybe the first and only time anyone's ever seen one on stage of these guitars. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, Tony Baloney, go for it. You know, as as unusual as the the Travis Bean is, I think I'm I'm gonna I've got to go with with the modern because that is you know uh, it's like up there with the you know the 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 Gretsch White Penguins and a couple of other models mm. that are you know somewhat legendary, uh, kind of like the Loch Ness monster. Uh, People have claimed to have seen it, but no one knows for sure. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I actually I like the shape of the modern better than the than the Travis Bean, so uh, I'm going that route. That's oh. what I want. Okay, uh, Jared. It's really tough because I know what pickups they put in that modern, and in that era they would be um, real PAFs. So, mm. so that's kind of tempting. However, I think I'm going to go with the Travis Bean this time, just just to have something different, just for the you know, just just for the heck of it. I'll, yeah, just, I'll do Travis Bean this time. Okay, all right. Hmm. Let's see, Sully. How about you? Well, I have I have a couple of questions that will help. Well, maybe just one question that will help me make my decision. So mm. now. We, we we find both of these guitars and you see this Gibson uh, moderny and mm -hmm. uh, and and we're stipulating that it's real. Well, so let's be clear. I mean, that if that was the case, I mean, this would be like a dang near million dollar guitar. So let's let's oh, let's make it the 80s version. How about that? Because both oh, of these were made in, in you know, early okay. 80s and set, okay, you know, that, late 70s. Okay, early yeah, that that. That actually makes more sense. Yes. Okay. That's, um, that's what I'm, still, I'm still going with the modern. Okay. Um, because they're both eighties uh, and, and you know, it, this, this isn't one of those situations where it's like uh, you can buy it, prove it and then sell it. 
um, we're stuck with it. I, I've learned that I've developed a Gibson allergy, so I would go with the wedge. <laughs> yeah. And to be clear, I think this is like around 77 that this was done. So, um, mm. but, but that's okay. Like, because that's fine. We're close enough. Sure. Um, all right. And I too am going to go with that, uh, Travis Bean wedge. Um, <laughs> it's just, it looks yeah, it's just there's nothing. There's no other guitar that even remotely looks like it, and it doesn't look repulsive to me. I think the modern is just like, man, that's just that's just not good weird. And, well, yeah. I, I guess the good thing about the wedge is if you did take it on like a canoe trip and lost one exactly. of your oars, <laughs> it would be very useful. Yes, right. yes, yeah. Um, <laughs> the other thing that I like about it is that it it is very. Um, it's difficult to capture the idea of rock and roll and future at the same time without mm. ending up f- with something potentially ridiculous or unusable. And there's a classic thing to this that feels like if you, when you look at that, you know, it's going to be like some kind of like post-punk um, thing that is, is not trying too hard to be future, but by mm. its nature it's gonna it it's gonna exude that and and I really love that about this particular guitar. Hmm. I could see that. Yes. I think it would make a great Devo guitar. It would. Yeah. Or I yeah. could I could have seen. I mean, the cars. I, I could definitely see that being played in the cars. Mm. Sure. You know. Um, and we could all probably list out a whole bunch of other bands. But your point is taken, t- Tony. It's like that's it's Devo, it's the cards, it's public image limited. It's like these these bands that were like really pushing um in 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 different ways and and some great. Yeah, so, I would say I even like maybe uh Kansas or the Doors. <laughs> or Fog Hat. Mm. <laughs> Jeez. Oh boy. All right. Um, we're going to thank a few people and then we're going to check in with Sully again really quick here. All righty. Well, at this point of the show, as we say, we like to thank a special group of people. These would be our executive producers and someone out there. I'm sure saying, what did he say? Executive producer. How can I become an executive producer? I'm going to tell you how. You go over to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs, and you'll find a couple of different levels in which you can participate and become an active patron of this podcast. That makes everything possible so we can continue to bring the podcast to you. All the levels come with a great, 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 great prize. Thank you package. Uh, things like barefoot buttons and picks and stickers and t-shirts and keychains and, and giveaways and, and all the good stuff. Giveaways. Giveaways. I love giveaways. But the executive producer level, in addition to all that great swag and stuff that you can proudly display and show off to your friends, there's one thing that executive producers get in addition to all that. And Jared, what is that? You get to have your name read on the thing. Your name read on the thing. And that's what I'm going to do right now. So a special thanks to these executive producers. Mr. Tom Brazen, Martin Cliff, John Daly, Chris Kearney, Darren Gregory, Doug Christ, 
Michael Van Zant, Ken Sayers, Brian Robison, Michael Senchuk, Stefan Lamb, Johnny Knowles, Anthony Lanthrop, John Anglin, Tyler Bray, Brad Partridge, Chris Heidel, John Esterley, Tim Nowak, Doug Gann, Justin Jones, Brett Alexander, James White, Matt Hart, Liam Martin, James Pennington, uh, and Richard Kendall. Tony, I think you missed somebody. Oh, I'm looking a little further down the list. There was a gentleman who was our executive producer and is now in a very special group called our Grand Poobas. Oh. Wow, that was nice. So the Grand Poobas are just a, just a step above our regular executive producers. And special thanks they get to wear a It's a big fed. step above. Let's just be honest. That's a big step. Yeah, it is. Okay. Okay. I was trying not to make it so, oh, I don't know, hoity-toity. But anyhow, they get, in addition to all that stuff and their name read on the thing, they get to wear a very special fez. Yes. The official fez. And I do believe uh, the bylaws of the podcast say that they have to wear that fez while yes. listening to the podcast. Is That's that true? Right. And even and even more rewards too. And yep. more rewards. You, you'll you'll be greatly surprised. You'll yes. be pleasantly surprised. In so, fact, in fact, um, let me interrupt. Oh. I want to announce that Wolf and I, Wolf of Wolf Tone Pickups, are making a collaboration set of pickups that we are giving away to one of our patrons. Aha. Wow. That's cool. Yep. We're going to do five sets and one set will be given away. uh, And I'll let Todd handle that because he's very good at it. And I am not. (laughs) So are they going to be Brandon Wolf pickups or? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Brandon, Brandon Wolf tone, Brandon wound Wolf tone. I don't know. (laughs) Just a, we're just going to mash a set together and mash it. That'll be great. Great. Most excellent. So, so Tony, who did uh, who did we leave off on that on that uh, list above? Well, let's just say a very special thanks for an incredible upgrade from Mr. Steve Keys. Right on, thank you, Steve. Thanks, Steve. You are in very good company because, in addition to Steve, we have Jonathan Jerusic, Corey Nigro, David Kaminga, Cody Lane, Cody Foster, Sean S. Tommy Manasco, Mark Garten, Christopher Marshall, and Adam Johnson. All right. Thank you guys all so much for your support. It means the world to us, and it really, truly helps us keep this show afloat. All you patrons. Um, It's just a great morale booster for us, too. Much obliged. Uh, Sully. Yes. Where can people find and buy your awesome guitars? Well, sullyguitars.com. Um, there's also, just go to Reverb. Search Sully Guitars on Reverb. Go to, you know, my page. Because, I mean, you know, that's what we're really just talking mm-hmm. about is me right now. I mean, there's some available from other people. But, I mean, to get one from me, I'll say hi. Uh, but <laughs> sullyguitars.com. It's a good place to start. It's good for you. You know. It's like soup. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it's, it is. It's like Does nothing your body bad. good, baby. That's right. It's like, <laughs> yep. Cool. Uh, Tony Baloney, where can people find you? 
Just go over to pickguardian.com, same as it ever was. Uh, I did. Yes, he did, 15 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I destroyed his view of pick guards for the rest of his life. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> But uh, check out some of the stuff I have uh, available for sale on there. Uh, 90% of what I do is custom work, so it's probably best to just drop me a line via email, and uh, we can talk about the particulars, get your pricing, and get you taken care of. Awesome stuff from over Tony's shop. Anything you can imagine, just about. Jared, where yep. can people find you? Uh, they can find me in Patescola. Uh-huh. But uh, actually, uh, Brandon Wound pickups. So if uh, any of you out there are looking for a cool set of pickups to replace the boring things that you have in your guitar that you've been listening to forever, um, or if you have an old guitar and somebody changed out the pickups at some time, I can probably make you something that looks very close to original. Uh, that's one of the things that I really enjoy doing. And sounds like the original. Yeah, pretty much. So, uh, rewinds, uh, turnaround time for that is pretty quick. Uh, brandonwallpickups.com. Check me out. Perfect. Uh, you can shoot me an email, Todd at the guitar You can also DM me on Instagram. And, uh, I usually, I will share the messages that I receive with, uh, Tony Baloney and Jared. And, uh, we're, we're all, we love getting messages from everybody and please yep. send in your, would you rathers? I know you guys have them. So send them to uh, us. We'll read them. Please. I will. Yes. Jared will read them on the thing. Um, big ginormous thanks to John Sullivan from Sully Guitars. We really Yay. had a great time with you today, man. Thank yeah. you. Thanks for having me. I really yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, yep. you bet. Um, we'll have to have you on again for sure. Um, whenever we yeah, have great guests, we always like to have you back. I want to, I got to, I got to compete with Jeff for the Alec Baldwin of the show. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Um, All right, everybody. Well, uh, make sure you go check out uh, Sully Guitars. Have a great guitar week and subscribe. Yeah. (laughs) What the hell? (laughs) Well, get ready for some terrible jokes and some good guitar talk. Should I just give you a shovel so you can dig in a little deeper there? (laughs) Drivers driving, whatever that is. And uh, uh, more, please. Okay, hang on. Thank you for catching that. I would look like an idiot. (laughs) More like an idiot. Oh, Oh. dirty bugger. Of all the podcasts that you've done, this is the most recent, and I appreciate it. (laughs) Exactly. Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Visit our website at theguitarknobs.com for all of our past episodes, four on the floor blog, and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram at guitar knobs. Catch you next time.